Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. That's a little town north of Indianapolis, population 103,000. It's Monday, May 23rd. It's a beautiful day here in uh, Hoosier land. The temperature 65 degrees. And today, guess where we're going? Uh, we're going to, we're, I'm doing the show in GarageBand and also the audio video in uh, um, Zoom. So we're having a Zoom meetup. And Christina Rocha is our guest. Christina is a, a world language teacher in Athens, Greece. Good afternoon, Christina. What time is it in Athens? Hola, Tom. It's about 7.25 p.m. here. Okay. And so now, so school's good? You, can you tell the listeners a little bit about where you teach at? Sure. So I teach at uh, an American international school. It's called the American Community Schools of Athens. And uh, it's one of... Um, one of the best international schools. We, we've been recently accredited uh, with the highest uh, protocol, um, highest accreditation that we could receive, which is wonderful. Um, and um, yeah, the school is, uh, we have about maybe about a thousand students, maybe a little bit more. And we have students from three years old up until um, their seniors. So we have, you know, full elementary, middle and high school. Now, your role in there is teacher, right? And yes, I'm a teacher, I'm faculty, and so I teach, currently I teach 60% uh, Spanish, uh, and I teach 40% ESL in the academy. Okay, so, and now are you doing some supervisory role now or something? Or did, you told me you were doing, I thought I saw somewhere where you were, I don't know if it's supervisory, your instructional. I I have, I do, I run different, uh, we do run different initiatives, uh, different clubs and things like that. So we do have, uh, I've been heading up the TED Ed Club the last few years and um, that's been going really well and uh, we hope to start traveling with that next year okay. uh, to other uh, parts of Europe with other uh, TED Ed schools or schools that run a TED Ed program. And that's been, uh, that's been really uh, that's been really successful, and it's also really great for ESL students to get involved and to practice their English. Um, and uh, we also uh, recently, with a colleague, we've started, we've been designing a program that is called the um, AJCC. It's the Architects of Global Conscious Citizenship. Uh, and we're doing this with the elementary students, um, starting with fourth and fifth graders. Um, because we, uh, one of our mottos at the school is uh, we're encouraging our students to become architects of their own learning. And so this is one way that we can help uh, bridge, let's say, the TED-Ed uh, mindset of sharing ideas uh, that are inspiring and, and wanting to share and make a change in the world, but with a younger audience, with the younger students and um, hopefully build that program up and we can carry it through to middle and high. So that's a really, we're really excited about this program uh, since we, uh, you know, we are living in this more and more diverse and global world and uh, where everyone is connected. And uh, this is one of our focuses to, um, to cultivate, you know, cultivate more um, curious, more mindful and conscious uh, global citizens. So uh, beautiful. That's that's a wonderful idea. Incredible. And I know you, you and your colleagues there do some wonderful work 
and uh, yeah. you've been on the show before. It's been a while. I think it's been three years now, but you, I know previously I met some of your department, some of your teachers, and they were outstanding teachers, and uh, it just was a delight talking with them. Uh, the listeners should know that I originally met you, uh, and Christina was participating, a uh, teacher participant in our Aventura Cultural program in Havana, Cuba. I think it's been about yes, five years ago. It was ago. so much fun. Five uh, years now, probably. I, six. Uh, I, I, I still I have a painting that I bought there, and I have it in my in the living room. Every time I walk in, I see it, and yes. you know, I just have these memories every single day. And I, I yes. just I want to go back. I can't wait to go back. Yes, and, and you know <laughs> that's it. And you know, the, it, pretty much everybody that's been says the same thing. It has a it has this uh, mysterious effect on you. That you want to return, and I think a lot of it's yeah. the, the great people that we met, right? The great people. And, yes, amazing. And, it's an amazing yes. experience, yes. and I really recommend it for anyone who's uh, yeah. even curious or just not sure. You know, just just go for it. It's such it, an amazing, I, yes, uh, it is. different it is. type of. Uh, it's it's not it's unlike any anywhere else I've been, and I've traveled a lot, uh, so it yeah. really. Uh, and, and I only got to see the northern part of the island. I still have to go back and explore the southern part of the island. Right, exactly. Now, so you're from the United States, correct? You were born yes. in the United States, and then you ended I, up in Athens. Can you tell the listeners how that happened? What happened with that? So, I am a Greek-American, Greek-Mexican-American, I guess. Um, so, my mom is Greek, and my dad was Chicano. And um, we, I grew up uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. I was born and raised there, and I started teaching, uh, actually I started teaching French. I, I started my career with French, and then um, the school district asked me to also do some Spanish, and I studied both in college, so I just went ahead with that. And in 2007, so I've been teaching about eight years in, uh, in, the, in the county schools in Maryland, and then I moved in 2007 um, life took me to Athens, Greece, and to the school that I am currently at. So I've been at the school for about 15 years, uh, and when I did come to the school, uh, the position was for Spanish, 100% Spanish position, so um, that's pretty much what I've been doing the last 15 years. Um, just the last two years, we've also added um, ESL to uh, to my program, at least. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so where did you do your undergraduate work? That, that okay, so my undergrad is uh, was at Chatham College, which is a, a women small women's college. I believe now it's Chatham University, and it's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then I did my master's in education at the College of Notre Dame in Maryland, and I'm currently working on a PhD in language and communications, uh, which is another way of saying applied linguistics, I guess you can say. And where is that at? You're working in your uh, This is at the Hellenic American University where there's campuses in New Hampshire, but also in Athens. And mm-hmm. all the courses, it's a great PhD program. Uh, it's the only one I've, I've seen like this. Um, you know, it was important for me to find a program where I could take classes in person uh, to have a real authentic experience with the yes. professors. But this particular program has the professors are, are they fly them in from all over the world from their own universities where they're teaching at. So uh, it's really it's really wonderful. A magnificent and, um, experience, yes. Yes, it's really cool. So well, I hope good to for finish you. that. In the next Congratulations, that's wonderful. That is Thank super you. great. Uh, now 
Let's talk a little bit about um, um, this past teaching year. Now, this I'm, some of the things I did in my teaching of Butler, I'm sure we, we were able to unmask finally, right? Were you the same? We finally got to go unmask in March, in March, right? And it was quite an event with the students when they got to take their mask off and you got to see their face. Well, you know, it gives you a whole different perspective, right? Of what they, who they are and everything else. And, and, and they thought the same, you know? And uh, so I know in the end, they got, a, they got a big kick out of me laughing all the time, you know, I was laughing with them about the whole thing and this thing. And, uh, but you know, you get to the point with this, uh, all the stuff you go through, like teaching, people don't think about it, but it's a lot of, uh, you have to jump through a lot of hoops, right? Uh, you know, to do this. Oh yeah, I mean, COVID really changed uh, changed the atmosphere and the methods and how and why it made us re-question, it made us rethink about how we go about with education in general and, um, and really focus on what matters, um, ideally. So I think it, in a it, in a good way, it made us you know rethink things. Right. And uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, we're actually here. We're still in masks. Um, so well, I haven't seen my students' faces yet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this is um, I think hopefully next year. Yeah. Hopefully, you now, know. <laughs> now in Madrid, in Madrid right now, apparently they really have loosened the the masking. And it depends yeah. on the businesses, very much to what it's like here in the United States, I think. And uh, many people now, I understand, aren't wearing their mask much. And they, they you can if you want, but uh, mm -hmm. they've had 88, 88, 88% of the people vaccinated, which is a high rate, mm -hmm. you know, almost 90%. And uh, yeah. so they, apparently that seems to be the atmosphere now. Outside, nobody's wearing their mask, right? Which is so probably okay. You know. Yeah, outside nobody wears it, but inside we all we all have to. It's a mandatory. We don't yeah. have a choice. So we got lucky with that. And uh, but I waited three weeks after spring break till the kids came back because I knew they'd been in Florida and every place else. And I said I'm going to wait a little bit longer. So it was a big event, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. It's all fun. And uh, yeah. but it's it's tiring now. So. Um, What's your favorite classes now and the duties you have, the things you're doing now? What do you like the you best? You know, anything that involves culture. I mean, really, I love all my classes. I can't say I have a favorite, but I really, uh, I really uh, enjoy anytime we get to do anything culture-related uh, and really get to open their eyes and they, they start asking questions and, you know, they're interested and, and they, you know, it's the... the the look in their eyes it's yes. like the expressions uh on their faces that i see you know above the mask <laughs> uh and it's just you know they're they're interested and so when when you know whenever we get to do something like that i just um i love it they love it and it's a win-win <laughs> that's great well yeah and the culture is so much fun right a, yes. the culture is one of the great things and uh yes. um so now how do you go about doing the, the creative things and the, getting the kids more curious and creative about what they're doing? Can you share some of your ideas? I know you have about eight million ideas. <laughs> You're good at this. You're very good. I remember that with the creativity. I think um, the, 
I think something that I, well, I've learned over the years, you know, just as, as you go, I mean, of course, the more we teach, the more years that we put into this, the more we learn and the more methods we learn about, we tweak, we change things, we make with PD, we see other methods. Um, and I guess, you know, I'm always interested to learn more about how I can better what I do. And uh, since motivation is such, I mean, intrinsic motivation is really is what we're, what we want. This is, we're trying to get at with the students. Um, so looking for ways to engage them is uh, this is the key. So how can we engage them? How, by We're going to, to get them motivated, we have to engage them. So how are we going to do that? Well, we do need to make it a little bit more fun, maybe more silly. Uh, and how are, you know, what are some different ways of doing that? And I think the more that we can let go of any kind of book or, um, you know, to let loose a bit and, and let the students kind of drive a little bit more of like, either the topic or or even even words you know that they want to know I no matter what curriculum we're following there's always a set, a set amount of words that okay we need to cover let's say um, but the kids also want to know lots of other words and they're just as important and uh, you know we're helping them learn how to express themselves in that language so uh, I think giving them that opportunity uh, and being and then and See what comes out of it. Um, I really enjoy project-based assessments, project-based learning, because it really gives them an opportunity to get creative and to actually put all of their ideas together in a presentation type of, like a project, you know, that they're presenting. And uh, it's so much, I think it tells a lot more about their proficiency skills than just a regular sit-down, um, you know, multiple-choice test, for yes, example. Yes, yes. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, this past year I did a, a talk both the whole year pretty much with teams, teams the whole time. So the kids had to select a team, and there were four in a team. And uh, throughout the semester, everything we did was in teams. And you know, they did uh, projects, they did uh, tutoring, they did lots of things. But in the end, they really enjoyed it. It was amazing. And, uh, mm -hmm. But they were involved, right? They were involved in directly in the process. You know, they got to they got to pick some things, and they, you know, but it was it was just they were involved, right? And made them part of the part of the game, right? And exactly, it's giving them that agency to choose. Yes, you yes, know, giving them a yes. choice, empowering them. Yes, because they, they know that their voice Counts. is important. Yes, and I think that we've got to get to the point in the process. As you said, that we have to. I think we got to be a little cautious about evaluating, right? What's your take on the evaluation part of it? Uh, do you think we go overboard oh, sometimes? Just, the thing is, okay, I think in the U.S. things are maybe a bit more strict as far as you know with the actual standards and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, where because we're international, I think things are a bit more um, more open for us about how we want to evaluate and the thing is that we're uh, in general the school is very much about um, we want to make sure of course that we're assessing what we're teaching so whatever we're covering if you want yes. to call it that uh, we want to assess that but how well that's kind of up to us so the thing is uh, I and really especially with COVID I've really been getting more into these project-based assessments because really? I want to see them show me that they can, you know, use the language the way that, yeah, you know, which I want is them, beautiful. The that's, that that's, that's, yeah. 
Outstanding. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Well that's, well, that's what projects can do, though, right? Yes. And they can yes. work together and they can collaborate, which is, you know, focusing on all these really crucial skills for them. And then they can they can present. They can, uh, and they can get creative as well, you know, but with uh, in, in the, images. Yes. With, yeah, with and, the, the other. Yeah, and the beauty of that is you're building time in for that, right? Into the yeah. curriculum, into the curriculum. And that's what we yeah. need. I think we need more input. From, right. You know, from and they, various they have, Yes, they have, and they've, uh, with the feedback, I always ask for feedback from the kids after pretty much anything that we do. Yes. Uh, and they, uh, they really love working in groups. Uh, and you know, being able to okay perform a skit or whatever it may be, yes, you know, that I'm asking yes. them to do, but they love that, and you know, they're learning and they're performing and they're memorizing, they're remembering, you know, these. That's one of, one of the great things in class: the skits, right? The skits yeah, yeah, are beautiful things. Them. Yes, they love them. Um, okay, now here's a question for you, and I know this is quite a group you started. And it's gone up. I know you have a huge enrollment in this group. Anybody like to be in this group? It's on Facebook. It's a Facebook group on Curiosity and Creativity by Christina. How many members do you have now? Oh, I don't really know. 3,000, <laughs> right? 3,000? Uh, I don't really keep track of it so I much. Thought, I, mean, I, I thought it was around 3,000, something like that. But you did oh, it from scratch. You started that totally from scratch. It's magnificent. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, no, it's been going well, and um, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. It's, um, yes, it's, really, it's called, it's called cultivating curiosity in the yes. world language classroom. And, and if they, uh, if, if if people want to get become members, how would they find that yeah. on Facebook? They just you know, type in cultivating curiosity, and they'll they'll find okay. it. Okay. Uh, and, um, and it's uh, there's a few questions you know you need to answer. Christina um, Rocha, yes, to, yeah, yes, beautiful it's site. Open. It's yes. a it's a great it's site. Yeah. yeah, I love it's going there. I just go there and watch the ideas. I love the ideas, and they're magnificent. Yeah. Once in a while, I throw something up, and but I need to do do more there. I need to get there more. I, I go there a lot. You know, I probably make it yeah. four or five times a week, and I, I'm amazed at the ideas. This is a beautiful site, and congratulations to you for that wonderful thing. That is great for creativity. Now, quickly, let's talk about creativity. One of my favorite things, as you found out in Cuba, is creativity. And uh, uh, that's kind of how I spent my whole career, right? With my, and I think I mentioned it, with my writing stuff is, uh, you know, the creative aspect of things. And uh, um, mm-hmm. what do you think creativity is? I know you've studied it. Uh, wow. What do you think it is? If you had to sum it up in two or three sentences, it's hard to do that, but... Yeah, it's really, it's, uh, creativity is just, it's letting go. It's letting your mind, uh, it's letting your mind go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's no, not holding back and seeing what comes out of it. Uh, so, you know, it's, um, getting your hands dirty, you know, it's, it's really, it's getting your, getting your, letting yourself go and just seeing where it goes. I mean, it's just so amazing how, um, how creative, especially when you get two minds together. I mean, we're each, all of us have, you know, we can be as creative as, as we can with whatever we're given, but put two people like that together. And then the idea is just, you know, bouncing ideas back off of each other and this brainstorming. And then you have these amazing ideas coming up and just more and more of that. And it's just so creative. It's, it's amazing how creative people can get, especially when they're collaborating. And, uh, and so it's, it's, I think creativity is really, um, it's expression. 
It's expression of our of our thoughts, of of our uh, our beliefs. Okay, it's uh, but it's it's letting go and letting those expressions and beliefs take hold of something in some form, one way or another. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it really, I feel one of the most important things with that is to not put a limit on it. So not say, oh, it can't be this, right? We don't want to say no to creativity. We want to Yeah, and, 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 and that applies, right, to teachers, right? With what yeah. you can do in a classroom, we just talked about speaking activities. But it, it, it's the idea that you have to be um, open in your mind, right? You have to say, well, I can do something different, right? I want to do something different. And that kind of empowers you, right, to become more creative. And what else that happens, right? It empowers the students to be creative, right? And the students can spin off of your creativity into more creativity. It's kind of like a hurricane, you know? And then, you know, and that's design thinking, actually, which is which is an inquiry-based method. So, yes. you know, it's when, when okay, we ask the students, we get their input about maybe an idea or something that, you know, we're toying with. And then, and then they start saying, oh, but maybe we could do this, and then this, and then this, you know? And then it, it just spirals, and it, it grows into something that's doable. And then you make it happen, and it's it's all student led, you know. We're just yes. facilitators. Yes, exactly. Facilitators. And, yeah, they're totally. the ones who yes. are doing it. Yes, they. That makes it fun, and that's when that's when creativity reaches its peak, right? I mean, it's like it's everybody's catching, and it's like a catching a disease on you know, but a good thing. Everybody catches yes. the creativity, but they they do, and it's 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 like it's contagious, and it it, it happens and. But, again, I think our challenge, right, in the profession is to help teachers, students unlock the creativity and, and to, you know, encourage them, and, and, and you, you talk about this all the time on your site, but to encourage people and especially to make people feel good, right, about their abilities. You know, the more that you can, you know, uh, give positive feedback to your students, the great effect that that has. You're doing good today, right? And little by little, you know, after a hundred days, that becomes a lot, right, of improvement, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, there's some great things that come, of, like you said, of positivity and creativity. Po positivity is kind of part of creativity, isn't it? In a way, I mean, it's 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 very difficult, I think, to be creative without being positive. Some, right? I mean, oh, definitely. I mean, we have to be optimistic and and basically let. Uh, yeah, we have to be. Our doors need to be open. Yes. Uh, you know, our, our mind, our you know, the doors to our mind need to be open so that we can allow creativity to flow, or yes. else it's just it's just, it's just not going to. <coughs> you know, the the Jesuits, the priests at their colleges, they have an expression, and it's uh, that uh, students. When you let your students teach, when they become smart enough to teach the class, they've mastered the material. And you know, I think that's, as you could say the same thing about creativity. When you can take this creativity and the subject matter, and as you're doing with your project, and the students present and they start realizing they can do things, that's a huge leap, you know, in education, yeah. huge. And in many cases, it doesn't happen in enough places, right? I wish it did, I wish it was, happening more places, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, 
Now, what about your writing? I know you write a lot. You're you're interested in writing about creativity. Yeah. How is that going? Um, it's going. I uh, I just need to. I realize because I, it's my. I'm working on a book uh, of resources and uh, what's basically merging theory and practice for how teachers can um, cultivate curiosity in the language classroom uh, through creativity and and design thinking and you know different methods and uh, it is a work in progress and I'm really hoping to finish it this year. Uh, it's uh, because I've been I've been actually presenting at quite a few con- conferences virtually over the last two years with COVID actually was like a silver lining and um, the pandemic because virtually I was able to attend and present and, and spread my ideas about how you know we can cultivate interest cultivate engagement in our students which cultivates curiosity and um, and I realized, you know, I am always talking about other people's books, other people's research. Mm-hmm. I've done my own research, but I, it's time for me to get my own book out there. So uh, that's what I'm working on, and I uh, hope to have that done, yeah, by the well, end of the year. Good for you. Beautiful. Well said. And I'm sure it's magnificent. Uh, now, um, so do you have any funny things you've had happen this year that you would want to share with us? in the classroom itself? Funny things. I think, you know, when the kids are doing their scripts and they're performing, I mean, that's when they get to be funny and everybody laughs and is having a good time. Um, when, when, when we get to let kids be kids and, uh, and really, you know, let that silliness out. Uh, and um, I just, I think if we can laugh every day in our class, We've done something good. We've been successful. Good, yes. And, you know, yeah, I think just, you know, let, let the humor out. Let the kids laugh about something, even if the teacher's not laughing about something. Uh, but, you know, let them enjoy it. And if they're laughing, if, if something is, if they're smiling, you know, at least that. Let them smile. And, and uh, so we know that uh, something fun or, or funny is happening every day. Yes. It, so you could almost yeah. say fun fun, laughter, and creativity. Magnificent recipe, right, for creativity in its own way. Now, uh, the, um, so, um, what about Greece and Athens, and what would you tell the listeners about coming to Athens that would really be worth seeing? Oh, well, I mean... A short summary. (laughs) I know there's a lot. (laughs) A short summary, yes. Oh, there's tons to see. It really depends on how long you want to stay in Athens and how long you want to stay in Greece because there's really tons to see. And uh, just the city alone, I mean, you could spend a whole week and still not see everything. But uh, generally, tourists will stay two days or so in Athens and then they go off to the islands or to other parts of Greece. I would say uh, in Athens, of course, there's the main... um, there's the, the Acropolis and there's the museums, um, but there's also the Panhellenic, the stadium, the marble stadium, which is, um, it's the only marble, full 100% marble stadium in the world. And it's where the, uh, the, the first modern Olympics took place in 1896. It's also the end of the marathon, uh, the Greek marathon, which is named after Marathona, which is the city, uh, the town, uh, what is it, 26 kilometers away. And uh, they named it after that. Um, and uh, outside of Athens, I really would recommend going to Delphi, which is the home of the Oracle, the famous Oracle with Odysseus. 
um, or, or Oedipus, sorry, not Odysseus, Oedipus. And uh, going uh, the islands, it really depends on what, you know, what kind of, what your tastes are. Uh, but I definitely recommend if uh, coming to Greece uh, in May or September or June. June is also okay. It's not as bad. But it's July and August. It's extremely crowded, uh, a lot more expensive. And um, so, yeah, it's very hot as well. Very, very hot. Today, for example, it's, uh, what is this, May? What day is it in May? May 20-something? 23rd. 23rd. And uh, it got to like 94, 95 degrees today, Fahrenheit. So... You know, it's hot. <laughs> okay, so yeah. everybody should go to Athens, right? That's the bottom line, right? Don't miss out on Athens. And also Thessaloniki, which is another, it's a beautiful city. It's in the north, the second largest one. And uh, it's completely different vibe, and uh, but so beautiful, right on the water. Uh, and um, very, very nice, very beautiful city. Okay, so now what would you tell the listeners about uh, if we have some young listeners, which we do uh, on the show, how would you, uh, what would you tell them to do differently, perhaps, as a teacher? You know, how can they become more creative? Um, are there, are, do you have any um, advice that would help them be more creative? And also, uh, that, that plus, um, what... Uh, what can you tell the teachers about variety of activities? Because I know you do that too. So can you talk to them a minute about that? Did you say variety? Yes, of activities in the classroom. Yeah. So I think number one, as far as, you know, how to, the how to, I think by attending, um, by attending and, and becoming members of, you know, all these different groups that you see on Facebook, because it's really a, very, a wealth of information for PD and it's free PD, you know, uh, and uh, also whatever kind of workshops you can go to, um, free or not, if they're not free, have your district pay for it, uh, and you go to different conferences, uh, really just, I really recommend going to, to a conference if you can, uh, and, uh, you know, you have so many wonderful workshops and you're learning from these uh, other teachers with uh, their experience, but creativity is something we can, we can learn by doing. We learn by, you know, by seeing someone else do it, and then we get we get inspired to do it ourselves. Maybe we'll tweak something and do it our way. But uh, basically, you know, you see, you we, we we learn from our models, right? We learn from the people around us. They they are our role models from when we're babies to when we're adults as well. Learning from our mentors. Uh, so really, uh, get a mentor if you don't have one. You know, hopefully, maybe someone in your department. Maybe it's the head of the department or another experienced teacher, basically, and um, ask them, bug them, you know, watch them, watch them, watch them teach, uh, and, uh, and, and really just get out there, uh, take some PD, a conference, or, or and, Facebook groups, whatever it may be, and keep- as far as variety, now as far as variety goes, uh, I think you want to try to hit all four of the skills in each lesson, so listening, speaking, reading, and writing, so if you can hit all four, you're, you're good to go, right? You don't want to just spend the whole time on speaking or the whole time on writing. It'll get, it's too much for the kids. They, they need the variety. They need the brain breaks. So uh, I think that's important. And uh, so very well said. And um, so this um, curiosity, creativity, um, do you notice an increase in your classroom of the students 
uh, the students who become more creative as the year goes along. I mean, once they're able to release their, their creativity and have a chance to be creative, isn't it amazing, right, what some of them do, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. What I like to see is by the end of the year how much um, they are uninhibited. You know, in the beginning yes. of the year, some of them are still shy, they're still trying to figure it out. Maybe they're right, a bit, right. you know, hesitant to, to express themselves. And by the end of the year, pretty much all of them are ready and willing. And, you know, they're really uh, just, uh, they can't wait to share their ideas. And uh, those ideas, in however shape or form, they're going to share them. But this is something that's... Um, you know, really, it's really nice. It's really nice to see their growth over the year. Yeah. Now, in uh, one of the big conferences, of course, in the United States coming up is the ACTVEL conference in Boston uh, toward the end of November. For all the people listening, try to go to that. Uh, one of the great conferences in the world for, for world language instruction. So uh, try to get to that if you can. Uh, and the state conferences, right? But Many of the states have their their yearly conference in the fall and the spring. And I think even one, I noticed the other day, is having one in July in the summer. So um, there's a lot of opportunities for everybody to get more professional. And, and you can go and listen to great sessions like Christina uh, giving her, her talks on uh, uh, creativity in the classroom. Um, now, have you thought about doing your creativity or do you do it with other disciplines? You know, have you have you thought about well, uh, crossing over and doing well, more disciplines along with world language? I, so I've been because I like the culture aspect so much uh, and the history aspect so much, and basically merging them and getting students to understand the connection between languages and culture and history. Um, I've really been uh, I really like to get more into that social studies, I guess you can say. And uh, so really allowing students to see that, that connection and get them thinking a little bit deeper. Uh, I also teach outside of school. I teach a class, of course, for um, uh, for Greeks that are learning English, these are teenagers, and it's, it's a deeper learning course. And it's basically, they're learning English through philosophical inquiry, which is really cool. And I, and we do a lot of cool stuff in that class. Could you tell the, uh, the teachers what that is, our listeners? What does that in, entail, the philosophical So, it's, you know, it's basically having a topic. Maybe it's artificial intelligence. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's beauty. Uh, whatever it is, it's getting them to think a little bit more outside the box about what those terms mean, what they mean to different societies, uh, to different cultures, and, and how perspectives change and how we can even love what is love right so getting them to really explore this at a deeper level though so you know you're really getting into different articles uh, readings poetry uh, just amazing things you can do and it's actually thinking about this reminds me of like in AP Spanish for example in AP Spanish you know it's a really nice uh, curriculum and when you look at the thematic units so it's like taking the same thematic units and you're going just a little bit deeper about them. Okay, they're really exploring what does it mean, you know, beauty and art and, and in our world, in our society, in our community. So it's not just learning about, okay, yeah, outside in Mexico or in Cuba or wherever it is, but it's also tying it to us, right? Because that's what the kids, they need, it needs to be relevant and so forth. Uh, so really getting them to think about where they fit in, in this world. Beautiful, yes. Well said. Yeah. Magnificent. 
Uh, now, so um, you're going to join us again in uh, September, right? Some in the September, hopefully, and you will you will be on your book. Will be done, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> that'll be done. You'll get done. You'll be fine. And uh, so I am going to. I close the show out and thank you uh, so much for being on the show. You have been a magnificent guest as always, and we hope to have you back in September talking about that book, right? And tell us about that book. Okay, listen, thank you so much, and uh, you know we will continue, uh, you know, with our uh, uh, being in touch from time to time. Yes. yes. And we will have you back as a guest. Thank you again for being on the show. Have a great Thank rest you, of the time. day, okay? Mil gracias. Eres fenomenal. Gracias. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.